Welcome to the Eric Sancho Podcast, the daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Uh-oh. Hold on. This is the second time this has acted up. Gotta smash the zenith. Yeah, top-notch operation there. Uh, I cannot guarantee that that is going to work for the rest of the show. It seems it's, it's done it like five times. And that uh, four times off of the podcast, one time on the podcast. So it's probably going to be one of those days. That's okay, though, because uh, I think you like it when I freak out and smash it. So, hey, what's up? Yesterday, I spent a little bit of my day in one of the, uh, it's just a complete hotbed for losers. I had to go update my medical card. For driving limousine. Something you have to do. um, Make sure that you're, you know, fit to, you know, ferry people about. It's one of the requirements to owning a limousine company. Your drivers must be able to drive. They test your eyes. They test your ears. They test your reflexes. They make sure you're not on drugs. Uh, it makes perfect sense, you know, make sure you're not ready to take the limousine and drive it into a crowd of people, uh, all sorts of questions, you know, it's, there are some requirements. You can't just go and any idiot become a limousine driver. If you, if you fail physically or mentally, you're out. So I show up there and, um. Everyone who works there is used to dealing with the pack of people that are in the waiting room. So they all are like, everyone is a scumbag. That's what their impression is. Door just opened up behind me. So when I walk up there and I go, hi, I'm here for a, uh, to renew my medical card. They're like, well, he doesn't seem to be a drug addict. You know, I was under the impression that when I walked up there, they were like, who, who is, who's the next scumbag that comes in here looking for a drug test or is going to try to beat the system. Hold on a second here. I got to close that door because they're going to, these dogs are going to wander around and, and eat cat shit. Hang on. Relax. Unbelievable. By the way, show uh, originates in the uh, Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. Thank you so much. Baldwin Ace Hardware, a beacon of DIY awesomeness in the Northland. If you ever want to email me, uh, send uh, send it along on the Shoreliners Striping Inbox, Eric at EricZaneShow.com. Walk in there. First guy is uh, wearing pants, jeans, a hoodie like this. Now, it's actually chilly in this room right now. It's like 55 degrees in here. Um, it wasn't chilly at 4 in the afternoon yesterday. But he's wearing a a hoodie with the actual hoodie over his head, sunglasses over his eyes, 
when you walk into the place, you have to have a mask on. For some reason, that's uh, one of the rules. Everybody has to be masked up. All right. I'm not going to be a problem. Which, by the way, most people forget about. And because we're kind of out of that mode right now. Hopefully, we will be back in that mode. I've got my fingers crossed for the next big shutdown. So they uh, they uh, walk up to the door, and they it says right on the door, you can't get in here if you don't have a mask on. As uh, COVID denier Kim Lazara checks in, she's uh, one of that crazy ilk that believes it's the flu. Anyway, somebody walks up. Kim Lazara walks up to the uh, place and um, and then opens the door, no mask on. And everybody kind of looks at her like, uh-oh. It wasn't Kim, obviously. Uh, but it was uh, someone walks in there. And uh, and then the lady realizes that she has to have a mask on. So she she lifts up her shirt and she goes like this. She kind of covers it up over her face like, like that's going to work, you know. And then sure enough, she walks to the front. And, uh, and the people there, they go, ah, you need a mask. She goes, ah, well, I'm just doing this. And they go, well, that's not good enough. Now, I think truth be told, it probably is good enough. And I, I wish they had told her, no, actually, yeah, it, it is okay. You, you have to uh, put your arm over your face for the whole time you're here. I wish they would do that, but they don't. They actually say, no, you got to go. And get a mask. So she she leaves in a huff. People are always pissed off. I got my guy there with the hoodie on, sunglasses, the mask, and he's got a backpack. So right away, I'm like, this is a bomber. This guy is going to blow up the facility. And uh, she, the nurse, she goes, uh, uh, Dontel? He stands up, walks over, his pants are falling off his ass. And uh, he goes walking up and then uh, she goes, if you want, you can leave your backpack. And he goes, backpack stays with me. It's like, okay, well, that's where the bomb is. So he goes, and this is what I'm dealing with here. Uh, Everybody can, is there for whatever reason, usually piss tests to see if they're on drugs. So, all right, I'm sitting there waiting patiently. And uh, finally, okay, it's time to uh, it's time to come on in. I go on in there. They uh, there's this questionnaire on an iPad, and uh, I just no 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 everything, including the question: Are you taking any prescription medications for anxiety? Which I am. No, I just hit no. I just I didn't even think about it. I just hit no. Yeah, I said it'll get me through here quicker. Now what I'm I, I'm forgetting is that I was here last year. And they compare the answers. So the doc, at some point, he walks in, and I'll get to that in a second. Then he walks out, and then he comes walking back in. He goes, hey, are you still taking uh, uh, Lexapro, Citalopram? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, well, you you put that you're not. And, and I looked at the previous year, and you were. Are you still taking it? Yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I just got caught in a lie. They're going to flunk me. And he goes, it doesn't matter if you forgot or you lied. 
it's it doesn't matter. Uh, if you aren't taking it, you have to do this every two years. If you are taking it, you have to do it every year. And I go, oh, oh okay. The comment, you lied to their ears. You lied. You lied to our ears, Eric. To their ears. Let's go to Big Black Dick because I know you want to, Eric. Yeah, and every time, voice of an angel. The docs that work here, these are the ones that are the reason for the uh, prescription medication crisis. You know, um, the opioid crisis. Because I get the impression that the docs here are the ones who, like, barely made it into medical school and then barely made it out of medical school. Hold up. Would you stop? Daisy. Um, it just, I don't know. I, I just get that impression that these are the docs that are like, you know, B team docs, C team docs. And, uh, so still he caught the, uh, prescription medication thing with me, but I, I don't know. I just get, get the impression that the docs that work there make like five bucks an hour. All right. Uh, he tests my reflexes, makes me bend over, uh, not for sex, but to touch my toes, make sure I can uh, do a squat. He's actually doing like a physical test. Can you do this? Can you making sure my legs are strong? I don't know. I guess so I can step on the brake, but I guess this is pretty much a run of the mill thing. My eyes, Jesus. I was so worried about my eyes. They go read the lowest line you can. And I'm like, Okay, and so I do it, I think, I thought I did it right, and then uh, I covered up one eye and did the same thing. Could I'm like, the one eye is worse than the other. I could tell that. And so I'm thinking, okay, I flunked. And I didn't. I, everything's good. Um, and so off I go. They, like, sign the card. I got my medical card. I don't have to do this for another year. That's it. Done. Made it out of there alive. Then... I head across town to Allen's from Blue Frost IT to give him Madison's computer. Madison bought this computer a year ago. Hang on. For college. And um, so, and the computer that that she got um, is one Allen from Blue Frost recommended. He goes, get this computer. So this will be good for a student. Okay. So here we are less than one year later. And she's like, yeah, hey, I need a new one. I go, what? Yeah, it, it doesn't work. I go, well, it doesn't work. She says, well, it, it lags, and uh, the, sometimes this doesn't work, and sometimes that doesn't work, and uh, and then uh, it, it freezes up. So I need a new one. I go, uh, we're not doing that. I'm going to take it over to Alan. Okay, now, you need to know that there is no such thing as a brief conversation. These two, they had a lot. I was actually quite pleased with how this went. So for the first, I mean, I, when it comes to long conversation, um, you know, be being ADHD, um, that I, I can't handle that much of that. 
If anyone has talked to me on the phone, you know how it is. You get a certain amount of time and then I will suddenly, I'm not kidding. You say, Hey, I got to go. And that's it. The conversation's over. Can't be in some people. I have to bite my tongue and I can't do that with specifically sponsors. You don't want to say to sponsors, Hey, I got to go. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Now I'm glad that I didn't this time around because they had something cool to show me. They had show and tell to show me at Alan from Blue Frost IT's house. Okay. So we're sitting there chit chatting and, uh, you know, I I'm getting to that, that window of time where I'm like, okay, I gotta go. I I'm in front of his house. I'm handing him the computer. I'm like, yep. Okay. All right. And, uh, you know, we were talking about stalker gate and, um, I'm filling him in about all that nonsense that went down, which is, he, he wanted to know. So I'm, I'm filling him in on all that bullshit that happened, including the stuff that I'm not going to tell you. Um, I will tell you one day, but I can't tell you right now. I'm, I'm telling him that some of you actually do know that information. I've actually talked to a few of you one-on-one over the phone about that, but I'm not going to say that in a, in the setting like this one day, just not right away. Um, and then I'm getting ready to walk out and Alan goes, Hey, I got to show you something. I'm getting into the truck and he goes, Hey, I gotta, I gotta show you this. And I'm like, okay. And then we start walking into his basement. I go, this is where I get killed. This is where he reveals himself as a stalker and I'm dead. I'm walking into his basement. Turn the corner. And I see the largest collection of, of, anybody guess? You'll never guess what Alan and his wife collect. I see two good guesses. Arcade games, Kenny says, that would be funny. No. Bobbleheads, that would be hilarious. Human heads, no. Aram also guessed bobbleheads. There's no way any of you are going to get this. Whiskey. Bourbon. Scotch. Booze. Bottles and bottles of booze. I think he said the number was 500 bottles of booze. Some of it's super rare. And, you know, I don't know how they got into this collection, but uh, these folks are connoisseurs for this type of thing. Bourbon, whiskey, scotch. I might be missing something. And, um, so he's, he's a pretty good carpenter. He's built all these shelves, these shelving units out of hardwood. And so meticulously placed everything in the house is a straight up disaster because except this, they have two kids that all they do is play with their toys. And so you, between the two kids, the two pit bulls, it's like they threw a hand grenade in the house. 
except for the, and that's normal. And I don't want you to feel bad about that because that's the way those, that's the way my house looks. And I don't have a five-year-old and a, uh, a whatever, one-year-old, two-year-old, one-year-old, two-year-old. How old's a kid? I think he's 14, 15 months. I don't know. Just adorable boy. Beautiful little girl. Um, adorable little boy. And, uh, so there, there's toys everywhere. The whole place is just toys. And it's toys, kids, pit bulls, computers, and booze. That's what makes up this house. And wow. So I'm like, so do you collect or you drink? He goes, oh, no, I'm drinking all this. And uh, what they do is the way you drink this type, since this stuff is so expensive, I guess uh, you don't, um, you don't like drink big shots of it. You drink like uh, a little, little bit just to get the flavor. And when I say a little bit, uh, each each drink is like half a teaspoon or a teaspoon. So we're not talking much at all. And they were describing to me that they. Um, uh, might sample like 10, 11 different whiskeys in a night, which each is a teaspoon. But you drink a lot, that that much, that many teaspoons, you will get get buzzed. I don't know if these, these people are not drinking it to get shit-faced. This is uh, uh, strictly flavors and, and things like that. And they're, they're actually describing to me that there's a technique to drinking um, fine whiskey. Like you, you got to drink something kind of shitty at first. Maureen, I will, I will ban you in a second. If you start posting lyrics to limericks, like 500 bottles of booze on the wall. Uh, the fact that you even went down that road. In fact, for the first time ever, Maureen is getting 600 seconds for that. You're out of here. Don't even think for one second that I'm going to let that fly. You absolutely deserve that. That's a first Maureen gets 600 seconds for writing the lyrics to 500 bottles of booze on the wall. You pain in the ass. Um, described as you, you do like a shot of uh, one of the higher proof whiskeys to burn all the bacteria in your mouth. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to any whiskey, before when I would drink, um, I could never stand whiskey. The taste of it is fucking horrible. Now, the, the best whiskey I ever drank was like Jack Daniels. And that's compared to what this guy has uh, is, you know, shit. Um, but I guess you drink that and that kills all the bacteria in your mouth. And then you uh, uh, let your let your mouth rest. He's describing it. Maybe take a swig of water, and then you're gonna take your little your little uh, teaspoonful of uh, the very whatever you want to taste. And he's using words like uh, tannins and things like that. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. He described this one bottle that he bought that uh, I think he got it for like a hundred bucks. And then, um, right away 
like if you were to try to buy the same bottle of whiskey uh, on the second market, hold on a second. Daisy! The value goes up unbelievably, like seven, $800. Now, not, it doesn't work that way for all of these. Uh, some go up and then just stay up, and but then don't go up any how, uh, higher. I forget how he explained how it happened, but oh my God, I couldn't believe it. 500 bottles of booze in this place. Kids, pit bulls, booze. The, the, the five-year-old comes down the step steps and, and she, I haven't seen her since she was like two and a half. And then uh, they go, Hey, uh, uh, here's Mr. Eric. And she gives me a high five and gives me a huge hug. She's one of those kids that just, you know, I love that. There's nothing worse than kid who the parents have, uh, made them believe that, uh, uh, any stranger is someone you want to avoid. I, I absolutely despise that. So when, when kids come up and they're all shy, I'm like, I want to smack them. I'm like, what the fuck? What is wrong with you? Because my kids were never shy. They're always like, hey, how you doing? And to this day, they they use that to their advantage. Shy kids, they bug the shit out of me. So if you have a kid who's shy, tell them to quit being so fucking shy. I hate that. This kid was not shy. Well-adjusted children. Nothing better. I finally got out of there. What was supposed to be just drop off the computer turns out uh, to be like a 35-minute visit to see all the booze in this freaking household. It was incredible. I'm glad I did it. Um, I could not watch Saul last night. Better call Saul. Um, the finale was on. And some of you are like, how can you possibly do that? You're all caught up. The last episode is last night. Um, well, I was afraid I would not be able to get to sleep after watching it. And I just, I cannot afford that. So, um, I ended up recording it and then I will go back probably today and watch it. Not at bedtime. I see a comment that makes me happy. Four episodes in on Breaking Bad, and wow, I'm hooked. There you go. Kenny, I am so happy to hear that. You wait. There are a couple episodes that are clunkers in the multiple years of uh, episodes of Breaking Bad. And you will grow to hate the character Marie. You will grow to hate the character Skylar. And you will grow to hate the character uh, Walt Jr. And the character uh, Gomi, Gomez, who is Hank's partner in the DEA. Gomez from Breaking Bad. Um, let's see. Who is that? Who really plays that part? What's his name? God, it doesn't. It says a character's name. It anyway, that guy was here in the studio because he did stand up with um, what do you call it? 
at uh, Full House Comedy and came and sat right here with me. Really, really nice guy. So nice. I don't even remember his name. Why did I even bring that up? What an asshole. Okay. So, yeah, I'm glad you're watching that. Um, Stevie says, I think it's Stevie. I am going to try again tonight, Eric. Better call Saul. I mean, I'll power through at least two episodes. No, you got to commit to, you got to commit to at least five. You can't because I can't guarantee that you'll be hooked after two episodes of better call Saul. Trust me. If you are into that whole cartel, um, dynamic of criminality, it's just, okay. She says, I can't stay up that late. Well, I don't, I know I'm not saying stay up late. I'm just saying, don't, if you're not interested after two episodes, don't quit. Keep going. You must try this. I heard from Deb, uh, this, and I heard, uh, from Laura, Laura Nelson in Jersey. And they all said, yes. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you're talking about better call Saul. Kenny hates Jesse's parents. Oh yes. Those assholes. Jesus. And you know what you do? You finish breaking bad. And then you watch the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino. And then you watch Better Call Saul. You can actually watch El Camino at the same time that you're watching Better Call Saul. Tyler says, Ugh, that movie sucked. Yeah, you suck. Shut up. What the hell is wrong with you? He writes, good one. <laughs> Asshole. No, I, I, I love everything in the whole Breaking Bad universe. Kyle Ryan says, I did not like Breaking Bad. Saul was good because Bob Odenkirk is awesome. Who doesn't like Breaking Bad? Shut up. Go get monkey pox. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right. For you folks that are getting the show right now on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It's time for you to go. Thank you so much, though, for checking it out. Uh, you must get the rest of the show on Twitch. That is the uh, platform that the show is on from beginning to end. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Go there, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Give yourself a username and then follow me. Once you follow, every time I go live, you'll know, and you won't get it interrupted. Uh, the show won't be interrupted if you like watching it live. And uh, there you go. Also, if you want, you could subscribe. And if you subscribe, you get the show minus the video interruptions that happen all throughout the show, uh, courtesy of Amazon. They throw those in there. And uh, so that's the trade-off. You can skip all that if you sign up, if you subscribe with your Amazon Prime account. So when you go to my spot, 
on Twitch, scroll down. It says sign up for free with uh, on Twitch Prime with your Amazon Prime account. You can do that, and then you get it for free. If you don't have a uh, Amazon Prime account, it'll cost you five bucks. Uh, I talk about it once in a while, like I am right now. Sign up for it if you want. If not, you can get the show free. You just have to put up with the ads. And, of course, you can always download the show, the audio, for free wherever you download shows, the audio podcast, for free, wherever you want, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. So I'll send you off. Have a great day. Twitch and Facebook brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Twitter brought to you by uh, Allen's Booze Collection. Blue Frost IT. Help support the Booze Collection and call upon him when you need help with anything tech-related. And then, of course, YouTube brought to you by Frank Fuss, My Policy Shop Insurance. All right. Anne Heche, uh did die, I believe, on August 13th. You know what was weird about the death of Anne Heche is, um, well, when she slammed that car into the house in Los Angeles, the car went almost through the house. She was going so fast. It's a miracle that who was in the house was not in, well, didn't die. Um, I think there was an injury involved, but Heche was in the car and they could not get her out for like an hour. So the fire is burning all around her. She was badly burned, but uh, more problematic was she was breathing all sorts of smoke and toxic fumes for a significant time. And that ultimately, I think if I'm reading this correctly, uh, is what caused the uh, lack of oxygen to her brain. And then she died. But um, so the amount of time that she was in there was just staggering. They also found cocaine in her system. And I thought I heard could have been laced with fentanyl. I don't know. Um, 53 years old. And, um, when they got her out of the car finally, and were wheeling her into the ambulance, you may have seen that helicopter footage looking down and she like sat up. And at the time, you know, I thought she was, that was, I, that might've just been a reaction of her body. I don't know, because it wasn't long after that, after she got into the hospital, she slipped into a coma and then that was it. Um, after a period of time, they said, yeah, uh, she's now waking up. And uh, They donated her organs. I'm hoping that, you know, um, she didn't, like, destroy the, because uh, she had a, lot, a long history with substance abuse. I wonder if her kidneys and liver were badly damaged from, from that. Can you imagine? It's like, oh, yeah, we got a person that can take the liver, and then they take one look at it, and they're like, oh, no, forget it. This thing is, this thing's a mess. Um, but they did donate her organs and they did the old, uh, 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 I, I guess when you donate organs, they do like a, uh, a honor walk. Like they like uh, walk through the hallways and everybody like, kind of like, oh my God, this is so, so brave, uh, that the organs are being donated to someone. 
And uh, they, they, she, that was her wishes. So that, that's good. It's a good thing. Um, side note, Anne Heche's mother has lived the life of like biblical um, figure Job. Nancy Heche is, from what I'm understanding, uh, an incredibly sweet lady. And uh, she's, I think, a uh, a Christian author. Like, she's constantly writing books called uh, See the Light and God is Love. And I'm, I'm making up title names, but you, you get it. You know, she's like super pious. Anne Heche's mother. Um, and this poor lady has just been through the ringer. Uh, all but one of her kids, uh, has died. And she was married to a dude. Well, the father of all of the kids. And, um, all of a sudden that guy, he's like, Hey, I don't, I don't feel so good. And so Nancy Hayes goes to the doctor with her husband. And then this is in the 1980s. And, uh, then the doc says, Hey, I uh, got some bad news. And, uh, she goes, yeah, what is it? And, uh, or the guy goes, yeah, what is it? And you know, Nancy Hayes is sitting right there and the doc says, you've got this thing called AIDS. And uh, you're going to be dead before you know it. And then uh, Nancy Hayes is like, wait a minute. That's it. At the time, that's, you know, was thought of only as like a butt sex disease, you know? And, um, well, then that's when Aunt, uh, Nancy Hayes' husband turned to Nancy and said, hey, uh, yeah, I caught that from getting slammed in the ass. And so that was it. She, uh, he revealed that in the same breath, not only am I going to die, but I got this disease that I've been exposing you to as well from, uh, having copious amounts of gay sex. So, uh, just one thing after another for, uh, this poor lady Anne Haitian's mother, she has lost four out of her five kids four out of five you know that is like the most tragic thing that can happen to a parent to lose a child and she has lost four out of five and the husband uh revealed the time you know hey i'm getting plowed in the ass and i got aids i mean that's 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 a horror how the hell do you keep going you know i mean if you're nancy hache here she is her resolve is strong. She continues to be very faithful. Uh, I mean, talk about someone who would be, uh, if you were to, if she suddenly turned to Satan, you would think that's, that's okay. I, you know, she gets a pass. She should be allowed to become like satanic because all this bad shit keeps happening to her. That's what I meant by she's kind of like Job. Job was that dude in the Bible who like, Tons of bad shit happened to this guy. And uh, not as bad as Nancy Hayes, but tons of bad shit happened to him. And uh, he still, still was very, very faithful. It's a, it's a key moment in the Bible. Um, prior to Anne's birth, 
and sister Cynthia died at two months old. What? From a rare heart defect. Much later, Nancy Hayes' 18-year-old son was killed in a car wreck. That took place just months after Nancy lost her husband, Don, to AIDS. And in 2006, uh, Anne's sister, Nancy's daughter, uh, died from brain cancer. Now, after Anne's untimely death last week, Nancy's only living child is her daughter, Abigail. My God. It has certainly not been an easy life for Nancy Hayes. She's documented many of her struggles in her religious writings, including the death of her husband who died of AIDS in the, in the 1980s. Uh, she wrote a memoir about living with a secretly gay partner in 06 entitled The Truth Comes Out When Someone You Love Is in a Same-Sex Relationship. Okay, now this is what I mean about attractive older women. Look at Nancy Hayes. Now, I don't give a shit how old she is. She is a stone-cold fox. My God, is she pretty. She's in her 80s. That is a recent picture of her. What an, I would absolutely bone Ann Hayes' mom. She is that pretty to me. I really, you guys might think it's weird, but I would rather be attracted to old women than be attracted to young women in like their 20s. Bill Simonson does that all the time. He's constantly weighing in on hot young chicks. And I'm, I'm like creeped out every time he does it. He did it yesterday. I was listening to him. He was having a yuck fest with a couple other knuckle draggers, uh, Doug Skeen and Chris Ballas. And uh, he, they were talking about somebody. I don't know if it was, uh, I don't know, some football player's wife. And she's like 24. And they're tall. She's a stone cold fox. It's like, God, you guys are like in your 60s. That is gross shit. I hate it when old men talk about young women. That really, really bothers me. I'm not kidding you. It actually makes me grossed out. I was like, oh, God. Probably the same way uh, you guys are grossed out by the way I'm talking about wanting to bone Anna Hayes' very sad mother. Josh, Josh writes, you like your fruit a little a little brown side of ripe. Now, my wife is not an 85-year-old woman. And she doesn't, nor does she look like an, it was, I see it. It was Aiden Hutchinson's sister. That's what you heard it too, didn't you, Kuipers? Is that not gross? Aiden's sister's stone-cold stutter. She's beautiful. I should probably get him on. And I can I can already tell what he's going to say. What? Well, she's beautiful. 
She's just beautiful. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's icky when he does it. Gonna go right to voicemail. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Fuck, how could that? I haven't heard that message in forever. I just hit send. What the fuck? Your call Did Bill change his number and not tell me? Is that, is that is that what we have going on here? Yeah, I don't like that. Nancy Hache, though. What a babe. Poor thing. Uh, Nancy is a deeply religious Christian psychologist. The Bible seems to take precedence in her teachings and her counseling sessions. When her daughter, Anne, told her she had fallen in love with comedian Ellen DeGeneres, Nancy was enraged. Well, that's pretty screwed up. All right. Um, I don't know what's going on here. I think uh, maybe the one that I showed you the picture of, I think that was Anne Hayes' sister, Abigail. I don't think that was the mom. Okay, now this, I think, is the mom. And okay, now I can't, I can't. That's That's horrible. Abigail Hayes, the living sister, yes. The mom, no. The mom looks like shit. Okay, now we're now okay. If I was gonna say, if she looked like this at eighty-five years old, that that's I mean that's attractive. I think Abigail Hayes is in her sixties, but this is the mom, Nancy. Okay, no, I, I would only have sex with her if I was drunk. This is all very, very disturbing. Okay. Uh, so she um, was pissed off that Anne had fallen in love with Ellen. The year was 1997, and while hatred for homosexuality was common, Anne's mother didn't hold back how she felt. I am plummeted into disbelief and outrage, she wrote. I am dumbfounded in a state of shock. Doesn't Anne know what homosexuality has done to our family? Oh, okay. So she was still pissed off about the husband thing. She continued referring to her husband's secret life. Anne and Ellen dated for three years while they were in love for a time. Anne would later claim that the relationship destroyed her life in myriad of ways. Um... Anne says it changed my life forever. The stigma attached to that relationship was so bad. I didn't do a studio picture for 10 years. I was fired from a $10 million picture deal. Nowadays, if you're gay, you get a $10 million picture deal. You know, nowadays they roll out the red carpet for you. If you say, yes, my asshole is the size of a coffee can opening. They go, oh, my God, everyone loves you. You're fantastic. You know, like if I ever want to improve my career and Diana uh, goes to heaven, all I have to do is say I am gay and 
I'll be the darling of everything. Everyone will love me. Um, right now, it's a great time to be gay. And so I'm just letting you know that if Diana goes to heaven, I am going to announce my gayness. Kyle, who is a homosexual, says it's cool to be gay now. Finally getting picked first. Yes, you are. And you deserve that. You know, I mean, for years in your gayness, you were discriminated against. So it's about GD time that you were the preferred person. So congrats to you as the representative in the chat of homosexuality. Good for you. You are not alone. I have other homosexual listeners. Jeremy, Rainbow Flag Jeremy is also gay. Uh, Amanda says, I need a gay BFF. I don't have a gay BFF, but I have several gay people that I am friendly with. Like Kyle there. Jeremy. Uh, we've got some friends in Tennessee. Are all are married. I think they're married. They might not be because I think the one guy's parents hate gays, which is horrible. We got a couple that are friends of ours. Um, Jamie and Tony. And uh, every time we go to Tennessee, we, we see them. And uh, Tony's mom and dad, they, it's don't ask, don't tell. So there's never been a discussion. These people are in their 40s. And uh, the parents kind of tolerate, but there's never been a discussion. And I, I, I cannot imagine how difficult that must be. You know? Holy shit. Kyle says, except I'm still hated for being an atheist and a liberal in West Michigan. Yeah, you know, seriously, you will be. Why the hell are you an atheist? Why don't you believe in baby Jesus? You know? God, you got the, uh, you got all the things going against you in West Michigan. Holy shit. By the way, yes, I am wearing house shoes with white socks. Look at that. Now that's an old man. Holy cow. Okay. A little bit more about, um, Anne Heche. Ellen DeGeneres. Now, now, right now, she is like, uh, condolences and she's very sad. But a few days prior to her death, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, was, was not so kind. And, uh, okay. Audio check video check. This uh, paparazzi walked up to her and said, hey, uh, Ellen, what do you think about Anne Heche? And this is the response. Hey, Ellen, how are you, darling? Have you spoken to Anne Heche at all since her accident? Have not. Uh, do you want to... We're not uh, in touch with each other, so I wouldn't know. Oh, do you want to send her any well wishes? Sure. I don't want anyone to be hurt. Yeah, it's quite a dangerous accident that happened, wasn't it? Sure was. Thank you, Ellen. Cheers, darling. Oh, my God. That was as cold as it gets. At the time, they didn't know that she 
Well, I think they knew she was in a coma, but uh, still, it, it warranted the question. Hey, guys, we are giving out a ton. Have you talked to her? Oh, God, that was rough. Man, that reaction was uh, was horrible. But now Ellen is uh, is saying, this is a sad day. Ellen DeGeneres, more mourn Anne Haish following her death. Um, yeah, that's about it. Got the uh, got the uh, uh, organs out. Thank God, and uh, they they will live on in somebody. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, just a unbelievable thing, unbelievable story. Uh. She was so whacked out, they said. She hit that house at a very, very high rate of speed. It's a miracle she didn't kill anybody. But, uh, yeah, she they took, her, they took her off life support, harvested the organs, and then off they go. So if you're in the L.A. area, the way it breaks down is someone gets a phone call. And it's like, hey, uh, we have a kidney for you. Get to the hospital. We have a heart for you. Get to the hospital. We have a liver. A liver. It's all. It's been filtering cocaine for the past thirty years, but it, it is going to suffice. You will be. Uh, you will be addicted to cocaine the second we put it into you. Uh, uh, then they put the organs in. Concerning Ellen, I wouldn't read too much into that. Those people are annoying. Talking about the um, paparazzi. Yeah, that is weird. They they always have such a weird job trying to act like they, you know, hey, how are you? I'm fine. What do you mean? How I, you don't really care how I am. You just want to, you just want to be annoying and ask me stupid questions. Uh, all right. So that's that. That is the open and live stream of the open of the show and the live stream brought to you this time around by me sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eric Zane. If you want more podcasting. So every single day I do about two hours unless if yesterday, uh, because I went about an hour 40, but anyway, about two hours each and every day of the week, but the Patreon is more podcasting. And I did get a nice second win yesterday and felt great. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane, a second bonus podcast each and every day of the work week. Today, we have Smarter Than a Former Drug Dealer trivia at uh, 1030 Eastern Time. That will be available. I put out the Lost Zane recordings late last night. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane for five or 10 bucks a month. No commercials. It is powered by you, the audience only. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This show, the open and live stream brought to you by Blue Frost IT uh, helps support Alan and his uh, booze collection. Call upon Blue Frost IT whenever you need any type of uh, technical upgrade for your small or medium-sized business. 616-200-8550. So, all right, the tech at your place is just a disaster. The workers hate it, and everything's slow. Have Alan take a look. Okay, you might need an upgrade. 
If you do, a complimentary consultation is there for you. A 30-minute conversation is what will uh, take place face-to-face between you and Alan to determine what you need for your business. And then after he sets it all up, he'll convert that to being your managed IT service provider like he does for this show. 616-200-8550 for Blue Frost IT. Kim says, what is the 600-second thing? Is that like muted for 10 minutes? Yep, yep. And, uh, and, I, and I hated to do it to Maureen because she's as, as sweet as peaches. Uh, but, you know, I, we're, we, we've moved on from stupid song lyrics. Uh, yeah, if you don't have anything, uh, like Kenny does it all the time. He posts shit on the, uh, on the chat that it's just pointless. He does it every single day. And I, I, I basically put up with it. Okay. Um. He'll, he'll, he like, let's see, there was one he said earlier, though. That was my plan, though, and then I want to pressure you to watch Boba Fett and more Mando. He usually writes a book. He, every day, he could get 600 seconds, okay? So you learn the hard way. Um... So don't clutter up the chat with song lyrics. And that's why we're so lucky that all of the MAGA scum um, were part of the great Zaniac Exodus. Because now we don't have to put up with all the right-wing bullshit. You know, occasionally Jamingo will bring his stupidity in here and then we have to roll our eyes or ban him. But, I mean, the show is a million times better now that all of that shit is gone. It's a the, it, we are in a much better place that the white trash, racist scumbags that are all of those losers are now gone and forgotten, kind of until I dog them again. I'm a fifty-year-old man doing what a fifty-year-old man should. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. While I'm at it, JM Synthetics, Jason Mays, 616-747-0233. If you are a DIY pro and you want lubrication, Amsoil, the best in the business, they invented synthetic motor oil, JM Synthetics. Uh, JMSynthetics.com is the website. Go there and become a preferred customer. Okay, you do that, you're going to save big money on all the products that you love from Amsoil jmsynthetics.com um i i think was the last person to know that monkeypox is well i at first i didn't believe it i was like well that that can't be true because the uh, local health department is like it's not just a gay sex disease uh, yes true but generally, if if uh, your best chance to get it, like if uh, some guy who has plans to put his ding dong into another man's butthole has monkeypox and he walks up to one of my gay friends walks up to me and says, hey, Eric Zane, how you doing? And gives me a hug. Uh, OK, I have increased my chances of getting monkeypox, but not really. Because 
uh, the monkeypox has to be transmitted through like uh, an opening in my skin. So uh, since a hug isn't going to cause any openings in my skin, I should be good to go. But if I have like a huge, like if somebody, I was just a victim of a knife attack and then someone, a gay guy with monkeypox comes up and spits in the wound. Okay. Or jizzes in it or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. Let me see. Ways you can get monkeypox. They keep saying skin to skin contact, but I, I need specifics. I mean, if you're, butthole penis to butthole please misinformation about the monkeypox outbreak is spawning an epidemic of largely unfounded anxiety uh let's see in may a group of south american researchers analyzed the top english language twitter traffics regarding monkeypox Talk about misinformation. All right, get to it. Give me the information. A persistent misconception is that cases among women and children are going undiagnosed. Okay. Okay, this isn't this is a lot of words and it's messing with my head. Does monkeypox easily spread on surfaces in the air, even from food? Sorry, I'm just kind of scanning. What I've heard a lot of is skin-to-skin contact. And uh, the homosexual community is, uh, is feeling the heat. Researchers have found... Monkeypox in semen. In an August 8th study in the Lancet of 181 monkeypox cases in Spain, swabs of lesions contained approximately a thousand times greater level of virus than swabs taken from the mouth and throat of infected people. While this finding cannot directly respond to the question of the likelihood of aerosol transmission of monkeypox, what we can say is that skin lesions are much more infectious compared with respiratory droplets. Okay. Only 3% of cases in the study likely derived from non-sexual contact. Okay. Well, that makes sense because if a guy with monkeypox has a sore you know, it's not like someone's going to go here. Let me touch that with my sore. You know, that's not going to, that's not going to happen. Uh, some of this wording here is rough. It says researchers have found monkey pox in semen, but more research is needed to determine whether ejaculation itself can transmit the virus. So if you're drinking right from the tap, you may be, Drinking actual monkeypox. And I mean, I don't know what that tastes like, but you might be like, wow, you, hey, you taste really different today. It's really good. I love this. Well, that's because you're getting uh, new monkeypox crystals. Oh, wow. I, this is delicious. 
Studies have suggested that both anal and oral sex are major conduits of transmission. So, yes, if you are a uh, uh, homosexual engaging in rampant uh, many sexual partners, you are increasing your risk of, of monkeypox. There, there you go. That's all. That's all we needed to know. Uh, monkeypox likely transmits most efficiently when lesions come into contact with mucous membranes, including in the genitals, anorectal areas, or the mouth and throat. So I think you got to have like a lesion on your ding dong or in your mouth. So if you're like tossing a dude's salad, okay, there you go. Now I'm not hearing, I'm hearing this more man on man. And, and not so much girl-on-girl girl action. Healthy skin is less efficient for transmission since mucous membranes are less protected against infection. While the general population isn't currently at high risk for infection, cases could spread to other groups that have frequent skin-to-skin -skin contact, such as children or adults who commonly suffer from skin-to-skin -skin infection outbreaks. So, like, uh, you know, if someone on the wrestling team comes down with monkeypox and then, you know, at the big tournament, he wrestles a bunch of kids, other high schoolers, they, they might all get monkeypox. It's got to be lesion to uh, mucous membrane. So, I'm guessing uh, butt sex is kind of one of those things. All right. Why am I talking about this? The latest victim of monkeypox is this guy. This dog. Who, that's a happy picture of this friend. This looks like one of those super fast dogs, a greyhound. I'm not sure exactly, but it's got that, that, that pointy face. Dog catches monkey pox from owners. Medical journal calls it a first. More about this. A dog belonging to two homosexual French men now has monkey, uh, monkey pox. Now, right away, I was like, well, um, do we have abuse here? Did these men put their ding-dongs into the butthole of this dog. Is that what we're dealing with here? And I think that until proven otherwise, we must assume this. The couple are not monogamous. These two gay men, they wake up every morning and they have sex. And then they go, hey, what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going out. I have several uh, different buttholes. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to be having tons of gay sex too with with strangers. Okay, all right. Well, when we get home, let's have sex again. Okay, that sounds good. And then we'll just uh, cuddle up with our dog here and go to bed. Uh, the couple of non there are non monogamous gay couple from Paris infected by monkeypox after having sex with multiple other partners. Their dog is a four year old Italian greyhound tested positive for monkeypox shortly after the owners were infected. 
How would you like to be those guys? And they, uh, you know, if one of the two had sex with the dog and, and, and it's not known, they go, hey, yeah, old Fido's acting funny, you know? And they take the dog to the vet and they're both sitting there. And the dog goes, uh, or the vet goes, we have determined this is monkeypox. And the, and the two look at each other like, all right, who did it? You know? Or the vet's like, which one of you did this? Had sex with a dog. Might not be what it seems. The story goes, the dog sleeps in the same bed as his owner's. And it says, licked his owners before licking himself. Which is supposedly how the virus was transmitted between them. So, wait a minute. Licked what? Did he lick their ding-dongs? Did they have lesions that the dog licked? And then the dog licked his own asshole? Or the his penis? Or what? I, you know? Is this even a male dog? I don't know. doesn't say. The Lancet reports the virus that infected the dog showed 100% sequence homology with the virus that infected one of his owners. Uh, to the best of our knowledge, the kinetics of symptom onset in both patients and subsequently in their dog suggests human-to-dog transmission of monkeypox uh, virism. Given the dog's skin and mucosal lesions, as well as the positive monkeypox virus PCR results from anal and oral swabs, we hypothesize a real canine disease, not a simple carriage of the virus by close contact with humans. Way to go, gay guys. Our findings should prompt debate on the need to isolate pets from monkeypox virus positive individuals. Both dog owners repeatedly told researchers that they have been careful to not, not allow their pet dog to be in contact with other pets or humans since the two men first started showing symptoms of monkey pox. Both men claimed to have been isolating the dog for almost two weeks before it started showing symptoms. Jesus. My God. You know, if that's a bummer. Because just about the time, uh, by the way, the question, is there a cure? I think there's a monkeypox vaccine. Boy, the amount of information we know about this is very little. Is there a monkeypox vaccine? I don't even know. All I have is a New York Times article that says frustration and stress. State officials fault rollout of monkeypox vaccine. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of it. Yes, we do have a monkeypox vaccine. But not a lot of it. Now, I honestly don't think that I can get, I will get monkeypox. Um. I don't plan. I don't. I'm not going to have any a, any gay sex, and I don't think uh, Diana is going to be exposed to anybody who's had gay sex. And nor do I think she will have gay sex. So I think my chances of getting it 
are minimal unless if I decide to lick someone who has a lesion uh, on the lesion itself. All right, so now the first, we have ground zero for the dog. So that's just terrible. I don't think monkey pox kills you. I think it's just kind of a drag. And I think it eventually runs its course. All right. What I know about this is very little. I think I know more than a lot of people because I've talked about it on this show. But, um, you know, it's to me, it's not as much of a red alert as uh, like AIDS was. I guess is. I mean, AIDS is still a deadly infectious disease, but I think that the treatments that they have now for it uh, uh, lend for... I actually know somebody who's... Uh, Who's HIV positive. He might have full-blown AIDS too. But it's remarkably... No, I don't think because he'd be dead. I, I know he's HIV positive. But, I mean, back in the day, if you if you got HIV, you've got like minutes to live. Nowadays, it's like totally manageable. Which I still think that they they never really did a big announcement on that. It just kind of was. I uh, I noticed that Magic Johnson was living forever. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Since when is I th- I thought that was a death sentence. You remember when Magic announced that he uh he was HIV positive? Everybody was like mourning. And um, then there was conspiracy theories that he doesn't really have it, but he does. And then he went and played basketball again. He actually went and played basketball. And there was a time when um, he got cut open and there was like blood on the court. I mean, what a, I cannot believe he did that. I thought that that was the most reckless thing ever. And, and, uh, and people were like, no, 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 no. You got to let him play. And I'm like, well, why, why would you do that? Well, because we got to be accepting. It's like, no, no, no. He has an infectious disease and you're playing uh, a, a very physical game and, and the blood is a problem. If you, if, if you get the blood in a spot, I mean, you could, you could get, become HIV positive from playing basketball for God's sake. So now you shouldn't have let him play basketball. The fuck stupid. You might as well just let him give blood too. then here. We got a blood donation. It's from magic Johnson. It's a, uh, it's good though. We got to be accepting bullshit. I don't want his blood. Come on now. All right. If your kid drinks Capri Sun, so like you know, the school year's starting. We're gonna be you're gonna be packing lunches again. I cannot believe this happened. Uh, at the Capri Sun plant, there was a problem. Kraft Heinz is recalling thousands of cases of Capri Sun. Somehow, well, people were like, uh, people have drank it and they said, wait, this is, something's wrong with this. It it tastes like cleaning solution. And that's because uh, it's, you know, cleaning solution. My God. Like the vat that had the Capri Sun wild cherry flavored juice drink blend introduced to it was cleaning solution. Okay. 
Now, I know if you're Trump, this is this is okay. He believes that you can ingest bleach into your system and it will clean the inside of your system. Can you still believe that that happened? And some of you yahoos who are on the right side of things, and when I say right, I mean wrong, you actually believe him when he says, yeah, I was kidding. He wasn't kidding. He actually believed that. I don't believe that he was kidding. Um, Kraft Heinz is recalling more than 5,000 cases of Capri Sun because they may be contaminated with cleaning solution. 5,760 cases to be precise. The solution is used on food processing equipment. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know. I mean, did did someone, is, is the vat open and someone like was walking above it and then tripped and then the whole thing like, whoops, kind of like a prat fall. The whole thing went into the vat. Uh, the company discovered the issue after several people complained about the taste of the product. The company is working with retail partners and distributors to remove the potentially impacted products from circulation. Anyone with the recalled product should not consume it. They can return it where they bought it for a refund or just throw, throw it away. Um, so if you have Capri Sun wild cherry flavored juice drink blend, individual foil pouches packed in paperboard cartons. Uh, there you go. There's a, a manufacturer code. I'll link it up if you actually want to compare, but that's eh, really not a ton. 5,764 cases. Speaking of Republicans, Liz Cheney is going to lose her job today. And that's a bummer. Now she's one of these Republicans that's called a rhino. And, um, the crazy Republicans, the alt-right scum, they came up with that term rhino to mean Republican in name only, but that's wrong. Um, it's just, those are the ones you want. If you're a Republican, you want those people because the ones that are on the far right, like the Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Donald Trumps and that crazy bitch that's running for governor in Arizona. Uh, the, those are the extreme ones who believe that like Trump won the election. So, um, in, uh, Wyoming where Liz Cheney, uh, is, is, you know, she, where she represents, she's about to lose to some alt-right scumbag who says, oh yeah, tr Trump got ripped off. The election was a scam. And so she's going to get her ass kicked which is a bummer because she has been going up Trump's ass with a wire brush in that whole January 6th committee. But America is still extremely fucked up because all these crazy people are still like viable candidates. And that's too bad. So, you know, unless we all get them together for a big Trump rally and then uh, uh, drop bombs on them, they are still going to be with us. So that, that story is kind of uh, happening today uh, that she will no doubt lose the election, which is sad, frankly, because she's great. All the ones that hate Trump are falling. Trump still has tremendous power. It's remarkable. 
Uh, Paul uh, Forrester writes, as someone just left of center, the right needs people like her to get me right of center. Oh, yeah, I know it. That's why I liked her so much. But all these idiots on the far right who, you know, are crazy. Uh, Jesus Christ. We still are in a bad spot. Kenny, with the good joke uh, concerning the Capri Sun, maybe that's what the Chomo guy drank in court yesterday. Unbelievable story. Yeah, you're convicted of raping a child. Okay, I'm just going to drink this. Chug, chug, chug. Half an hour later, he's dead. Awesome. Uh, but they probably didn't clean the vat, the vat, the vat, the vat and left residue. I agree with that. What a weird story. Okay, hang on. I need a drink. Uh, there's comedy this week at Full House Comedy. Fullhousecomedy.com. Shows all around the area. Holland, Muskegon, Grand Rapids, you name it. If you want to check out a comedy show, go to fullhousecomedy.com. My friend Frank Fuss is the absolute king when it comes to insurance and Medicare. Now, I stress the importance of health care on this show. I tried to impress it upon Stu McAllister. I don't, he might be too thick to actually take me up on this, but him complaining about not having health insurance. I'm like, dude, who doesn't have health insurance? An idiot doesn't have health insurance. You must, you seriously, you've got your head in the sand. This program is set up for you. Healthcare.gov. But I don't want you to go it alone. If you're self-employed, or in between jobs, or your employer does not offer insurance, this is for you. Let Frank determine if you qualify for a special enrollment. Reach out to him one of two ways. You can call him directly or text him 616-914-4070 or go to buyinsurancehere.com. Buyinsurancehere.com is uh, is his website, puts you in touch with him, and his services are free. He will do all of the necessary legwork to make sure you get the coverage today. Like if you got a hold of him today, you could have coverage today. How does this work? How do I pay for it? Just quit asking so many stupid questions to me and have him take care of it. Trust me on this. I've been getting insurance like this for years. Okay. Thank Democrats for it too, dumbass. Frank is also the expert on Medicare, the Medicare Advantage Plan expert. So if you or someone you know or love is getting set to turn 65, reach out to Frank at uh, buyinsurancehere.com. Where's my phone? I got a local story. I just saw this. There's a a restaurant. God, I can't talk. In a community called Sheridan, which is about an hour away from here. Small community. I hadn't even heard of it. Okay, hang on here. I had it, and then now it's gone. Sheridan Diner. 
Yesterday, they wrote this. Now, this is a small, small diner. This is the state of the world today because everyone's an asshole when it comes to businesses where service is involved. Delivering something, wait staff. They write this. It is unfortunate that once again, we need to make some things clear. We understand that mistakes do get made. It happens. If you've ever uh, made a mistake, if you've ever had a mistake happen with us, you are well aware that we always offer to fix our mistakes or make you something different if it is brought up to us. We try to go above and beyond to serve our customers and make sure everyone leaves happy with a full belly. This is from Bill and Jenny, who own the place. Husband and wife team, no doubt. On that note, if a mistake does happen, it is not appropriate for any of our customers to go off on any of our staff. Staff mistreatment will not be tolerated. To the person who decided yesterday that it was appropriate to push your way into our kitchen, throw your food and plate around and scream at our cooks, you are no longer welcome in our establishment. Our staff did not deserve this mistreatment when we tried to go above and beyond to fix our mistakes. To all other customers, please stay out of our kitchen areas. These areas are not for customers. From this point forward, the police will be contacted regarding any customer who steps foot in our kitchen, and you will be banned from the diner. We love all of our customers and try to do our very best for each and every one of you. Just please respect our staff, and if something is wrong, nicely let us know. Signed, Bill and Jenny. Fuck yes! Now, I already looked them up, and they're closed today, which I'm like, how the hell can you be closed today? Um, but, may, you know, this is such a mom and pop. My God. That I, I'm just hoping that they might, like, be there. Like, maybe they, like, live upstairs. Look at this. Now, if that doesn't scream uh, mom and pop, I don't know what does. You got a, a wall of license plates. Got to have that. Checkerboard table uh, cloths. For some reason, this cart full of shit is here. Uh, uh, lots of, uh, lots of uh, uh, naughty wood pine. Here's, uh, you know, when the mom and pop's uh, do their own marketing. They usually like use an iPhone to take a picture of the food. And that usually isn't a good look because here, this, this looks like barf. Whatever this is, this looks like, you know, Mary rotten crotches, genital warts. That pizza is, is a complete disaster. 
Here's a shot of the door. Uh, another olive salad. Here's a shot of the bar. I don't know. Look at this. Yeah. Comfort food. Uh, the guy just got out of his lawn care job and he's eating macaroni cheese and cheese and meatloaf and potatoes, whatever this is. You can eat this guy's look at he, he's the picture is of some guy holding a chip. So we get to see his dirty fingernail. All right. At the Sheridan diner, they definitely, you can have this, this chick's tits here and her glasses. Here's the glasses again. And this drink more taco salad. You can drink Coca-Cola there. Taco pizza, more potato chips with tin, a side of tin foil, another pizza tacos. Here's their number. Let's call them. I know they're closed today, but Jesus Christ. Nine eight nine two nine one, food. Call us at the Sheridan Diner. Nine eight nine two nine one, food. How could they be closed on a middle of the week? This is as small town as it gets. I don't know what this is. Picture of the menu, maybe? Yeah. Come on, guys. Sorry, the mailbox is full, oh, and there is not enough. Come on. Terrible luck on the phone today. Jesus. Well, anyway. Uh Sheridan is a village, not a city or a town. It's that small. Daisy, don't lick the couch. Hey, no, let's not do that. Why? Why would you do that? She thinks she's something because she's got her face on a blanket right behind her, which is a great look, by the way. Maureen says they are taking a mental health day after the abuse inflicted on them. Kyle says, heading sometimes heading up north, I take M66, makes me feel like a millionaire and genius compared to some of these residents. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Hey, knock it off, please. Poor thing. Look, she's all freaked out at me. All right, so trouble at the Sheridan Inn. Make your way there. Next time you're headed up in that neck of the woods in the village of Sheridan. My mother used to be so mean to God rest her soul. Uh, so mean to people in the service industry and, um, well, in any industry, my mom, you know, I think she might've been a little mean. Because I remember we would be, we'd go to Farmer Jack and um, my mom somehow had everything she was purchasing. She knew the costs of like, if there's 50 things in the cart, she knew the price of everything. And uh, 
she'd be. This was the type of thing where they didn't even have a scanner, so the person has to like look at the price tag, and and put punch the key in, and then hit like uh, the the enter button or the return, and then the the price would flash on the screen, and my mom would be sitting there watching it, and she go, nope, nope, that's not right, nope, that's not right. And she would fight with these people. And it was so awkward. Oh, my God. It was terrible. And it was I'm, the the line is backing up, you know, in th- uh, out uh, down into the uh, aisleways because my mom is is doing my price check. And there were times that she wants to get like one banana price check on this banana. And it's like a three cent difference or maybe it's not or she got it wrong. And then the lady... And then my mom's pissed off. So now she's going to uh, make an example. And every single thing, even though she doesn't really know the price, my mom is disputing it. So what should have been like a two-minute process to, to check out is, I'm not kidding you, uh, a half hour. And you don't have phones. You can't hide behind a phone. So I just have to kind of sit there and watch this all unfold. It was horrible. I will never, ever be able to get past that. I remember one time I was on the radio describing my mother at a restaurant. And after describing how she is or was at a restaurant, Wally, who's still alive to this day, her uh, husband, who is widowed after the passing of my mother, October 16th, uh, 2000. He called the show. Wally? You know, your mother still does that to this day. Embarrasses the hell out of me. Uh, She does? Yep. Oh, no. Okay. My mom, if she's ordering a hamburger, she's like, okay, I'll have a hamburger, ketchup, mustard, lettuce, hold the tomato. And God help the server if she's, and then my my mom would say, can you repeat that back to me? Yes. You want a hamburger, ketchup, mustard, lettuce, and tomato. Now my mom said, hold the tomato. Well, now most people would would just go, no, no, actually just hold the tomato. And they would go, okay, great. Not my mom. My mom would go, no, 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 that's not what I said. And the lady's right away is like giving her stink eye. And I'm like, oh no, I'm like 10. I said hamburger. And then she says it all really slow like that. Like that, like the chicks retarded. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening here? Jesus. There's no way, no way in hell that any of the food is going to be normal. It's all going to be spit on. Uh, Someone's going to actually, she's going to walk around with the burger and have all the cooks empty their nostrils on it. That's that's how bad this is going to be, Mom. I've eaten so much booger because of my mother, and God knows what else. Oh, don't be rude to your servers, idiots. Come on, man. Yeah, I I, uh, I go the extra. There was only one time that I was a dick. And uh, it was at the Cheesecake Factory in Chicago. I've told this story before. 
the guy, the server acted like he was, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't shut up. He wouldn't, he was being way too, even like now I wouldn't have given this guy any shit, but I had a moment of weakness and I was annoyed with this. I was annoyed with this guy and he just kept talking and talking and talking. Uh, and I finally just went, Hey, shh, shh. And I shushed him and oh my God, everybody in our party, Diana was so pissed off at me. Holy shit. I got to get her on the phone. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? Really good. Has, has there uh, ever been a time where we were at a restaurant and your husband was rude to the server? Yes. What city were we in? Chicago. What restaurant were we at? Uh, that pizza place, I think. Nope. Cheesecake Factory. Oh, yeah. Can you, okay, there was, it was that me, you, uh, AD, Katie, and I forget who else. I think it was our kids too. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. It was for the Chicago triathlon. Uh-huh. Can you, I, now I, I want to see how accurate my story was. What do you recall I did? That was a problem and made you want to die. Uh, I can't remember totally, but I think you asked him if he had ears to hear. Didn't you? Shit. Is that true? Is that is that my remembering correctly? I don't I, remember. I all I remember is shushing him. Yeah. I remember he wouldn't stop talking, and I went Shh, enough. Okay, give us a minute, or something like that. Yeah. Are you went no no like in that demeaning yeah. way? Yeah. The, the <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I felt bad and tried to apologize. Yeah. But he wasn't having any of it. No, he wasn't. Um, yeah, I was just retelling that. Good tip. I did give him a good tip because I felt so bad. I felt like such a dick. <laughs> oh no. Oh dear. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. That was bad. Okay. Um, okay. Who is right now your favorite person on the planet? You. Oh yeah. Why? Because you are getting stuff done that needs to be done. You're nice. <laughs> what? What What have I gotten done? Let these people know. Tell them. You have painted the spare yes. bedroom yes. so we can have it ready for when, for the flooring to be put in for on Saturday. Yes. Oh, my God. I feel so good about myself. I'm so satisfied. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have got it done. Okay, All right. I'm just doing some schoolwork, and then I got to go into school, <clears throat> and then I have to babysit again. All right. Okay. Sounds like a good. Sounds like a plan. Yes. All right. Take care. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Josh writes. Didn't you used to write twenty percent on a napkin, and you'd write down? Yes, I, I'd write down twenty. If the service was terrible. I would write 20%. And then if something else happened that was weird, 
I'd write 19%, and then 18%. Then I'd keep decreasing it. Uh, I don't think I ever went through with that. I've always given the tip. I used to write it down, but I don't think I ever actually gave that. that, That's a great one, though. That, That one actually is spectacular. But you then open yourself up to get your food spit on, you know? Would you leave the napkin where they could see? Well, yeah, of course. It would be displayed prominently. It was very clear what was happening. You got to be a real loser. I don't I don't remember the last time I gave less than a 20% tip. Um I love doing that. That's important. Uh, what the hell was I going to say? I had something else I was going to say. Oh my God. Painting that accent wall. Okay. So, um, I don't know how people do this, but there are people who, who paint for a living like, like Boomer Bob. He's a, he's a painter. And, um, I have to tape everything up. Like if I'm painting that accent wall. Okay. Um, I put that, you tape tip 40% Kenny Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Wow, that's a lot. Man. Uh, Chris says, LOL, that's cringe. What? What's cringe? The leaving the big tip? Isn't cringe when it's like creepy or weird? Is that, isn't that what cringe means? Everybody uses it almost too much, I think. Nowadays, LOL, that's cringe. What the hell's cringe? Whatever. Um, so when it comes to uh, paint, you know, people can just freehand the, that when they cut in to the, to the wall, they can just freehand it. But I, I cannot do it because I get paint on the ceiling or the wall that I don't want painted. And I'm, I'm just shocked that people have that ability to just, Put their hand right up there and beep, go all the way down. I can't do it. So I have to tape everything. So I taped the hell out of the thing. I painted it yesterday. I pulled the tape off and oh my God, straight edges. Oh, just fantastic. Love it. I feel good. Isn't that something when you get something done, you know? Yeah, I think you can give too much tip. You know? All right. Maybe not. If you have it, give it. Okay, moving on. A guy in France was arrested. Walking around with his with his dad's head and a knife. Is this, isn't this the second time we've heard this happen? Wasn't there another story not long ago where someone else was walking around with a, with a chick's head? A dude in France arrested after being found with dad's head in one hand and the knife used to remove it in the other. Police near the Lyon suburb of uh, St. Priest. The incident began when police found the father's body in a parking lot over the weekend. 
Locals reported wit- witnessing a heated debate among the family members and the son chasing dad around with a knife. Witnesses say the assailant yelled, what? What did the assailant yell? In my opinion, if you hear someone yell this, you better take cover. The assailant yelled, Allah Akbar. Or God is great. That is a, uh, that is, isn't that what people say if they're, if you're like a Muslim and you're getting ready to blow shit up, you're supposed to yell Allah Akbar. Now to me saying God is great should be like a peaceful thing. I mean, if I say God bless you, Kenny, uh, or not, not bless your heart, but actually say, you know, uh, it's, I mean, something like God bless you or may Jesus watch over your, your lovely soul. You know, maybe like someone has something sorrowful happen. May the good Lord hold you in his hands. That's, that's a sweet thing or God is great. He will hold you in the palm of his hand or something like that. But no, for some reason, people who like cutting off people's heads and flying planes into buildings and, uh, and blow up suicide vests and kill kids at orphanages. Uh, yell God is great Allah Akbar um, when they're getting ready to do something terrible so police said it was a family feud but still dude walking around with dad's melon did yell Allah Akbar so if you happen to be anywhere in the world and you hear someone yell Allah Akbar get down throw yourself on the ground as quickly as possible. After police (coughs) were called, they found the headless body. They then said, okay, well, let's follow the trail of blood. And they did. And they found the son standing with dad's head. And they said, hey, whose head does that belong to? And he said, my dad. We said, is is he over there? Yeah. They uh, struggled with the son to detain him. Uh, The weekend attack was carried out by a local Moroccan man known to police for petty crimes and drug charges. My God. I'm terribly shocked by this abominable intra-family drama that took place in our city. What society do we live in? How can we come to such acts? Uh, Said uh, the mayor, the local mayor. Not the first time the small suburb has been the site of such a heinous crime. In 2013, an elderly woman was found in a bathroom with her head on the floor. In 2020, another elderly uh, elderly woman was beaten to death by her son blocks away from where the latest crime took place. And in 2015, a businessman was beheaded by an employee in what was determined to be an Islamic terrorist attack. My God. Can you imagine if you're just walking around with the kids in this community and, uh, or whatever, you know, you're, you're eating out on a terrace area outside uh, in an outdoor eating area. And some guy yelling Allah Akbar is running down the street with his dad's head in one hand and a knife in the other. I mean, my God, how the hell do you ever get over that one? Jesus. All right. 
Moving on. My friends at A&E Heating and Cooling are reminding you that if you have any scheduled maintenance due, you need to call them. 616-516-8579. Installing the Comfort Maker brand of furnaces and air conditioners. For crying out loud, call them 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling. If you need an after-hour service call, they're good for that as well. That might cost you a little bit, but uh, uh, for you know they'll uh, take care of you any time of the day or night. 616-516-8579. How about the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage? If you're in the market for a mortgage, 231-332-6505. Get money out of your home to pay off a credit card bill. Okay? That way, you're paying 5% interest on what you're borrowing rather than 25% interest on that ultra high credit card. 231-332-6505 for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Hello to the Kent County Health Department. Uh, Accesskent.com slash health. Go there if you want information about immunizations for your kids or for you if you're traveling abroad. Um, The WIC program, personal health services, Information about monkeypox. And of course, um, if for any reason at all, the kids need to be immunized, that's who you call. They will help you out and uh, could cost you nothing if you qualify. Also, August is Breastfeeding Awareness Month. Uh, Kent County Health Department has all the resources you need if you are a new mother looking for information about uh, the benefits of breastfeeding your little one. And then last but not least on the show today, Gift of Life Michigan. Okay, check your heart. Um, If you have your ID nearby, your Michigan identification card or your driver's license, and you're you're looking at it, look in the lower right-hand corner. There should be a little red heart that says donor. If it does not, you need to become a donor so that you can do the old Anna Hayes here and donate your organs in the unlikely event that something happens to you. So many people are on the waiting list for hearts, lungs, uh, 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 liver, kidneys, you name it, tissue, corneas. Uh, be a hero in your passing. Gift of Life, Michigan. You go to golm.org and fill out the form. Takes you two minutes. If you're outside of the state of Michigan, go to registerme.org, and you can do the same thing, and you will be a registered donor. So thank you. Gift of Life Michigan for helping to make uh, don't um, organ donation more common in the world today. I heard a story this past weekend when I was at Donate Life at the uh, at the uh, Donate Life Day at John Ball Zoo of these two young men um, in the in the area in the local area who were pals growing up, and um, one of the guys filled out his organ donor card and um, shortly thereafter um, he passed away and they did a procession an honor walk for the organ similar to what I was talking about with Anna H when uh, they harvested his organs to be donated to uh, people who needed life-saving organs and um, the buddy was there at the honor walk and then the guy who, the buddy, he then filled out his organ donor card. 
And I'm not kidding you. Later on that year, he also died in a car accident. And his organs were harvested. Um, The moms of these two kids, two young people, they're in their early 20s, though they, um, these two hung out, the moms had never crossed paths. They did cross paths after this happened. And now they're like thickest thieves, best buds, these two moms. And they travel to all of these events and talk about the importance of organ donation. And I mean, it's really, really touching. Fantastic. Love those folks over at gift of life, Michigan. Okay. I've got some show and tell that I want to share with you. This is an old video, but it's going around because, um, well, you know how that is. Sometimes that happens where an old video becomes, uh, something to watch again and because it wasn't seen enough the first time or whatever, but there's an article on the insider. It says viral video gives a sense of the jaw dropping speed and power of NASCAR stock cars. And I have experienced this before I watched. um, I mean, when I lived in Tennessee, I started paying attention to NASCAR somewhat and I had a pretty good handle on it. Uh, I don't so much these days, but I did go to some races at Bristol motor speedway. And um, I was on the inside of the track on the infield when those cars were going around, but on that track, that's a short track. So they don't really get that fast. But what was staggering about that was um, when you're at the bottom of the track and then it's banked so uh, high, it's intense walking up to the top of the track. It's almost like impossible. It's such a steep incline. So you get, you get a feel for just how crazy it is when they go around that track. But that isn't the point of this. The point of this is Daytona. And I have been there twice. And I've been standing as close as I could get, similar to what you're about to see, to experience uh, what, 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 is, uh, what this viral video is all about. Now, um, the article talks about how the NAS, the cars are 3,200-pound beasts that travel nearly 200 miles an hour despite their best efforts. It's almost impossible to appreciate how fast and powerful the cars truly are unless you are actually at the race. Okay? Um, by the way, side note, speaking of speed, we should go to uh, Grand Rapids Grand, P- Grand Prix Eric Zane Show podcast race day. I have been trying like hell to get them on this show. Victor is the guy that owns that place. And I think he's ducking me now. Maybe we should just do it and show him how, how mighty we are in our numbers. Yeah, I'm with you on that. One fan video has gone viral. Gets non NASCAR diehards a little closer to appreciating what the drivers are dealing with on one of the fastest tracks. The video taken at the Daytona 500 and shared by um, shows fans up against the fence literally being blown away as the cars speed by. One lady even has her glasses knocked off her face. Okay. Sound. Check. Video. Check. Okay. Here you go.
awesome is that? Are you kidding me? This lady here. <laughs> Look at those things scream by. What the hell? What's the what what's that black guy doing there though? Okay, now that is the most intense thing you're ever going to see. Um, that's one of the things I love about Berlin, and that's a short track as well. It's not even a half-mile track, but still, you get that sensation uh, to to uh, a very similar degree when they go by. The noise, it, it's like, Jesus. If, they, if someone offers you uh, freaking uh, earplugs, you better take them. Kenny says, what? Black people can't like racing? You don't see a lot of black guys at racetracks, Kenny. That's that's the joke. Now, it's not that they don't like it. That's a Southern joke. Again, NASCAR started in the South. You live in the South. And, the, and in the South, most Southerners, 99.5% of them, don't like black people. Okay, Kenny? Now, as much as you hate that, that's true. I know you're not racist, but your neighbors are. Now quit being naive and stupid about this and get on board. Amanda says, no, Kenny, it's like finding a unicorn. Kyle, uh, 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 Sarah says, same with hockey. Yes, it's true. All those hillbillies there, except Kenny, are racist. Kenny's the dumb dumb who thinks that the racist Confederate flag should like be waved like at all NASCAR tracks and at the uh, at the U.S. Capitol. He's that dumb about it. Uh, Paul says I went to Bristol this year, the most racist place I've seen. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody knows that. I don't know how you can deny that, Kenny. My God, you live in another country that wanted black people to be slaves. Jesus. Tyler says black people have even had nooses left in their garages. Yeah. What's that one black guy's name who was the driver and then they uh, there was a noose found in his garage? Come on now. Bubba Wallace, that's the dude. Yeah, they wanted someone actually wanted to hang that guy. Horrible. All right. Uh, more fun, more fun video that you must see. I know at this portion of the show, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you're like, we can't really see it. And I go, I know, I know, but I'll link it up and you can check it out later. This dude in the Czech Republic. Uh, I guess this is an Indy car, a Ferrari F1 car from the Schumacher era. I don't know what that means. This is not an F1 car. It's an old GP2 car dressed to look like a Ferrari F1 car from the Schumacher era. Doesn't matter. It's still insanely fast and awesome. 
and some dude wearing a helmet is driving it around the Czech Republic. So this is cool. Now you'll be able to hear it. Listen to that. That is intense. And the cops want to kick this guy's ass. That looks so like so much fun. He's got he's got brake lights. He's good. Um, the cops are looking for him, but the dude is wearing a helmet, so they don't know what to look for. Oh, great. Come on. Check this guy out. <laughs> Have any of you ever seen that film, uh, Ford versus Ferrari? Oh my God. I freaking love that movie. Fantastic. Uh, Chris says F1 or even Indy cars are awesome to go to. They sound like fighter jets flying by. I'm with you. I, I want to see one of those. Do they still do the Detroit Grand Prix? They should do that in Grand Rapids. The Grand Rapids Grand Prix through the streets of Grand Rapids. There's potholes everywhere. The fucking tires are flying off. Tire goes flying off. You could cars going flying by the homeless shelters. You could do like homeless corridor and just have the homeless guys line the streets. All right. Um, and and then you could have like the this whole city block of just homeless people waving F1 flags. That would be sweet. I would love that. Uh, that type of racing has really gained in popularity over the years. I remember no one gave a shit about it. I remember there was a time when people only gave a shit about NASCAR. Now, I don't think that's the case. I think that that other style of racing, uh, open wheel racing, is, is quite popular these days. I hear a lot more a lot more chatter about that. All right. Um, I thought I had one more thing to show you. Oh, yes, I do. Those of you baseball fans. Now, uh, I'm not. And um, I, I take it back. If my team, if the Tigers were great, I would care. Otherwise, I don't. Uh, I like it when there's fights. I like it when there's fights in the stands. I like it when there's a spectacular play. Or a great catch, but the in and out of every game, if my team is not any good, I know. So that means for 37 years, for the most part, I have not been interested in the Tigers. There have been times when they were successful in the last 20 years that I, I followed, but eh, no way, man. But this I love. is a guy who's an infielder for the New York Yankees. His name is uh, Glabor Torres. I'd never heard of him prior to this. He's in a he's a uh, Hispanic dude, and um, he is uh, involved in a double play. But before that, he's talking to the to the announcers 
the play-by-play guys, because they got him mic'd up during the game. And so while he's uh, uh, fielding, or he's involved in a double play, um, he's narrating his own double play. Audio, check. Video, check. Here you go. Glaber Torres. Oh, two, but, um, yeah, he's a double play. Oh, hey. Oh, he's up. Yeah, we got a highlight here. You got a highlight. Uh, I didn't understand a word he said. It just sounded like he was, uh, you know, I think he, uh-oh. Did I just lose the internet? I don't think I did. Did I? Maybe. I don't know what the hell is going on. Okay, here it is again. Oh, two, but, um, yeah, he's a double play. Okay, every they should do that every game. I don't know why that wouldn't be a regular thing in every game. Have uh, a player mic'd up. Um, in every inning, a different player. Maybe they're all mic'd up so we can hear everything. I definitely, I definitely think that um, they should have like the coaches mic'd up and the so that. If you're an umpire uh, and you'd have a bad call and the guy comes out to bitch at you, you then turn your mic on, okay, so that they could um, uh, hear you on TV and in the stands too so that all those MFs that are flying out of both guys' mouths uh, could be heard. That makes me want to uh, pull up a Tommy Lasorda moment. Look, Tommy Lasorda pitching change uh, Doug Rouse visit to the mound from the 1977 sure. World Series <clears throat> Tommy Lasorda was known for doing this and uh, I remember when Tommy Lasorda died audio check video check Tommy Lasorda Doug Rouse was uh, messing up the game for him against the Yankees and Lasorda comes out and Rouse says, hey, I'm still feeling good, Tommy. And Tommy tells him to shut up. And on the mound, this the young fantastic. man that we've talked about so much already, Doug Rouse, left-hander, has a fine change-up. He was That's uh, Keith Jackson there doing baseball. 14-8 and eight on the season, got off to a great start, winning 11 out of 12, and then tailed off toward the end of the year. After one inning of play, we have no score. Oh, it's a summer day in Southern California, 81 degrees, looking down on Douglas against... Hold on. There it is. Hold on. Keith, and that's the first typical shot. Okay, here he comes. Greg, Greg Nettles is coming up to bat. Uh, Rouse giving up two hits in a row. Red when I get out there. I'll, I'll mess around for some time. That's Tommy Lasorda's voice. Okay. Bear with the audio quality. You can't get them fucking left-handers out, for Christ, go fucking mighty. Let's stay with it. You're good, Tommy. I don't give a shit. You feel good. There's four motherfucking hits up there. They all 
I'll fucking hit the opposite way. I don't give a fuck. Give a shit, doggy. Like the organ. Well, I may be wrong, but that's my goddamn job. I'll make the I'll make the fucking decisions here. I'll make the fucking decisions here, okay? Don't give me any shit. Give your fucking mouth shut. I told you. You talk about it in my fucking office. And I wouldn't say that. I'm just saying, talk about it inside. This is not the place to be talking about it. Okay? That's all I'm trying to say. That's right. It's fucking great for you to be standing out here talking to me like that. I don't give a shit, Doug. I'm the fucking manager of the fucking team. I got to make the fucking decisions. And I'll make them to the fucking best of my ability. It may be the fucking wrong decision, but I'll make it. How great is that? I don't give a shit. It's my job to make this decision. If it might be the wrong one, but I'm going to make it. Don't worry about it. I'll make the fucking decisions. I gave you a fucking chance to walk out of here. I can't fuck around. We're down two games to one. If it was yesterday, it's a different fucking story. I don't give a shit. You got three three left-hand hitters, and they all got fucking hits on you. Rivers, Jackson, and the fucking other guy. They all got left They all hit. That guy that just hit the ball was a left-hander, wasn't he? I don't give a shit whether you jammed him or not. He got he didn't get out. I can't I can't let you out there in a fucking game like this. I got a fucking job to do. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? He sound this is the type of uh, uh speaking that you would hear on like the Sopranos. Okay? Tommy Lasorda. And he's a he's Italian, so that, that makes perfect sense. The organ sounds like the start of that bit you, Julius, and Ben did on WBBL, the player's show or something. I re- I remember you reenacted the guy who was doing weight loss surgeries from his pole barn. Yes. I vaguely remember that. In fact, I just thought of it the other day, but I don't remember what we talked about or what we what we called the, the segment. I think you're you're close, but I don't I don't remember exactly what it was called. God, that was great. Megan says Brian, her husband, should take this approach with the travel baseball kids. Paul says, I wish judges would talk like that to dumb criminals who argue with the court. Uh, Whoa, Nilly. Language, Tommy. Keith Jackson. Okay. That's all great. Oh, my God. I'm late. I got to get friggin' Dale's uh, ready for trivia. 
Uh, 10.30, that happens. Uh, smarter than a former drug dealer trivia. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, um, Akib Talib's brother. Did they ever catch that guy who shot the football coach? Akib Talib's brother. Has he yet been apprehended? Uh, he did turn himself in. He turned himself in after killing the youth foot, the beloved youth football coach. What an asshole. Akib Talib is devastated as brother surrenders over youth football killing. Terrible story. Asshole today brought to you by TC Paintball and JM Synthetics. Who is your asshole today? Okay. It's a lot of words. Guy who wrecked Sheridan Diner is the asshole of the day. What a dick. Busts into the kitchen, starts throwing shit around. Yeah, what the fuck? What an asshole. Absolutely horrible. Okay, that's it. That's my time today. Hope you have a great one. Check me out on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric Zink. Daisy, put link in the couch. Don't be a cheapskate. If you like this, throw a donation of five or ten bucks a month at me for the Patreon. All right? And then you can get more podcasts. I don't even care if you don't even watch it or listen to it. This shit ain't free. Five or ten bucks a month. It's not easy. Help me out, won't you? Thank you. That's the begging I have for today. Have a great one, folks. Till next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.